The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This week on your favorite soap opera, it's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, and recaps. Now, here's Dan. Hey, everybody. Welcome to our first live show of 2013. This is the kickoff of our fourth year of Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll. I hope that over the past three weeks you've enjoyed our special pre-recorded shows, our best and worst of 2012, and then last week's look back at all of our memorable and outrageous interviews of 2012. I enjoyed them, and if you missed them for any reason, you of course can go back and listen to them anytime for free in our archives. And we have just as much excitement planned for the year ahead as we have had in the past three years. If you're longtime listeners, welcome back. And to those of you who are new to the show, thanks for tuning in, and I hope that you enjoy the show. And we'll want to check in with us every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Today on the show, we are going to be talking about the future of soaps, where fans will be able to watch them, and how insiders are crafting ways to take fans to places that they've never been before. Our guests over the next hour are All My Children and Guiding Light Vet, Jordi Villasuso, and he'll be joined by his partners in a new company called Payos Revolution, Jeff Dockweiler and John Homa. Those names may not immediately ring a bell for you, but you'll hear in the second half of the show that these are two men who know a lot about what goes on behind the scenes of our favorite soaps. So you're definitely going to want to listen to what their stories are about two soaps in particular. Now, I chatted with Jordy a little bit ago, and he let me know that he's working on something. It's a new project, and he was concerned that he might not be able to be here with us live for the show. So he and I chatted, and you're going to hear that interview in just a few moments. You're going to want to make sure that you listen very carefully because there's a very big announcement coming up in that interview. Jordy is going to try to be with us here live for the second half of the show. So if you want to speak with him, make sure that you take note of our call-in number. It's 866-472-5788. Again, that number is 866-472-5788. You can also tweet away with us on Twitter at Soap Central Live. I'll be there during the interview chatting with you guys and answering any questions that you may have. Now, as I mentioned, I did chat with Jordy a little bit ago. And here is what he and I had to talk about. I guess, Jordy, let's just go right to the big, exciting news. You're a brand new dad, so I'm just going to open up the mic yeah. and let you gush as much as you want, so have at it. <laughs> I was literally on the couch with my little baby girl. Uh, she's sitting on a little, little furry lamb. I call her Lamb Chop. But anyways, I was spending time with her. Then my wife came over and took over so we could do this interview. But I am totally <laughs> in love with both of them. It's, uh, I'm very, uh, I'm just, it's, it's the greatest thing that's ever happened in my life. 
Um, it's, uh, I can't, ex- you know, people say that you can't explain it until you experience it. And I say, what are you talking about? It's, I love kids. I'm going to, and it's, it's not, you can't, I mean, every day it's like something new and, uh, and it's exciting and she just started smiling at me. So I'm constantly like looking for her to smile at me and, <laughs> and then she mimics. So she sticks out her tongue and I'm constantly like sticking out my tongue like an idiot. And, and, and the other thing is, is that when people have kids, they show their pictures all the time and I'm always showing pictures of my kids. I have her on, you know, on, well, I have my wife, I have an iPhone. So I, on the lock screen, I have my wife in her wedding gown. And then when I open it, it's, my little baby girl staring up at me right when she was born. And I've gone into meetings <laughs> and with producers and talked to them and say, hey, you, you know, and, and just, I start talking about, I start talking about Riley and my kid and it's just, I just start brushing. So I'm, I'm that, you know, I'm that dorky dad who's in love with, uh, with his baby. Beautiful thing. <laughs> I don't know that that's dorky, but here's a, another test. How many home videos have you made already? Oh my god! So another thing that I did was I bought two cameras. I bought I bought the iPhone, which I never had an iPhone. It's the greatest invention ever. And um, I bought a I bought a like a high end digital camera. So and I and I upgraded my computer to like seven hundred fifty gigabytes because I know and I'm already like since she's born I've already uh, gained like a hundred gigabytes of just media, photos and videos and re-editing photos and just so it's it's every day she's going to have a timeline of her life uh (laughs) i believe so she probably is able to tell me that she hates me and she doesn't want me taking pictures of her anymore (laughs) so we'll just wait for that day to happen so riley's what about a month and a half going on she's six she's six and a half weeks okay so have you gotten any sleep in the past six and a half weeks (laughs) you know we've had some good days um my wife takes usually the evenings, and I take over in the mornings. So, like okay. around five thirty, I'm I'm on call, and you know from ten thirty on, she's on call, and that system seems to be working out pretty good. She's uh, she eats a lot. She she's grown so much. She came out at six pounds seven ounces, and five weeks later, she's at ten pounds. Eight wow. Ounces. She, yeah, she's grown a lot. She eats a lot, which is great, and she's she's just she's just a little butterball of love, you know. She's great. <laughs> uh, butterball of love, I like that. Yeah. So yeah, ba- new babies usually mean new stuff, and I know that I've seen a lot of my neighbors when they're either expecting or after their little ones come, they're in the garages and they're building things and putting things together. Has that been you or did you have the foresight yes. to get every... Oh, so, okay, you didn't get the stuff put together. You're putting it together yourself. Well, I put down... I mean, literally, I think the most important thing for any parent say, the only thing you need to start is back and play. Back and play is like it. Um, because they're not going to be... She's not going to be in a crew for right. at least another month, um, hopefully. I mean, she's growing at, like, warp speed, so we'll see what happens. But the pack-and-play was basically the only thing I've had to build, and I've had to, you know, build my confidence with changing diapers and putting and burping her and handling her. But other than that, it's been pretty pretty good. 
pretty, I, I felt very comfortable with fatherhood so far. It's something that I feel comes naturally to me. I've always wanted to be a dad since I was young. I've always kind of gravitated towards, you know, when I was, you know, to this day, like if I'm at an adult party and there's kids, I usually, by the end of the night, I'm hanging out with the kids because I, childhood, you know, that kind of innocence and kind of uh, imagination and, uh, you know, it's something that inspires me. It's something that I I tend to gain a lot from. Uh, And and you can also, and you gain a lot of insight from kids as well. I'm very... Sometimes I meet kids and I'm like, God, you're so much more direct than a lot of adults that I meet. What's up with that? That's great. And I'm like, that's fantastic. And with the exception of maybe the iPhone, they also have much better toys than we do, too. Well, it's funny. um, Before we left Los Angeles and before Alicia Minshew left Los Angeles, we went to her house, uh, my wife and I, and uh, we were there with Willow and Richie, and Richie barbecued an amazing uh, dinner, and we were hanging out with Willow, and she, I think she's like two, maybe she was two and a half then, and she was playing with the iPad. And seeing her take to the iPad, I was like, that's amazing, because it, like, it's, I think that's probably, like, the greatest invention of, you know, the new millennium. I think the iPad is just something that's taken over. But the way that they respond to it is... Uh, you okay, baby? You need help with that? Oh, let me hold it. So my wife right now is putting on an apparatus. That she says hi. That, that hi. lets her carry the baby like a kangaroo. And she's going, she's putting the baby inside so she can get some stuff done. The kangaroo sack. Which I love, by the way. I'm like hanging out. I'm, it's like Bluetooth. It's like Bluetooth for babies. It's like, that's comfortable? You good? Yeah. It's great. It's, uh, you know, they, you know, you can, the hands free. It's awesome. It's amazing how we were able to somehow get by, and I'm uh, older, but I look at some of those pictures of when I was little, and there was no padding whatsoever on my first baby stroller. It was literally terry cloth oh. snapped around like a metal frame, and now they have, you know, Three thousand dollars strollers that people are buying. It blows my mind. We looked. We looked at the three thousand dollars stroller. We got. We got something a little, a little cheaper <laughs> than that. But it, it's really cool. It's actually. We, I, I, it, it's like a BMW. It's you know black with like, uh, you know, metal trimmings. It's nice. I, I, you know, stainless steel trimmings. It's a nice stroller. And that, that was like that was like the biggest deal. Like, ooh, the stroller. We gotta get a cool stroller. And and my parents like. This is ridiculous. Like all the stuff that we have now, like you know, this this uh, this kangaroo sack for my wife, and you know, the the snuggle bunny, and uh, I know all these names. It's it's wild. It's wild. So uh, transitioning slightly here, soap characters are not necessarily the uh, poster children for model behavior, but is there anything? that you may have learned from either your time on the soaps or anything involved in the soaps that was helpful to you now as a parent? Well, I did get to know some of the kids on the show, and I got to know their parents as well. Uh, so, I, I, you know, I got to see that kind of interaction uh, a lot. Like, I remember Jakey's mom was very nice, and 
uh, you know, in terms of the characters themselves, you know, my character on All My Children was, I, I think, I, you know, I think he could relate to kids. I think, you know, I, the medical profession, and, and also I take a lot from my own family history. My, I come from, I've said this in many interviews, but I come from a medical background, like not me personally, but my family history. My father's a doctor, my brother's a doctor, his brothers are doctors. His father was a pediatrician in Cuba. So I really think that in my genetics, I take to kids. Uh, and that's something that I believe. And I think that, you know, Griffin also being part of um, what was called uh, uh, the, um, when they go to Africa and, and take care of, uh, you know, they volunteer work, which actually our, our pediatrician does. He, he goes to uh, uh, to Africa and he's put in time volunteer work with kids with AIDS, which I was like so taken aback by. Um, Doctors Without Borders, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, this guy got a lot from from doing that. And, you know, as an actor, you can kind of take from that and bring it out in a performance. You know, there's a lot of integrity I thought he brought to that. I, although, I, I'm one, it was never written, but his character, I think, probably fell in love overseas and was never able to get back to a normal relationship. You know, there's a lot of people that I know personally that have fallen in love and, and they're broken hearts. They never, they don't let people in. Hmm. And it usually takes a long time for people to go in. So they have, you know, kind of casual relationships and whatnot. That's a good, it's very true. I mean, I think everybody, and certainly for the folks who are listening, they can probably think of, of several examples of that. But since we've talked about all your children, let's talk about a little bit here, at least about all my children, the show, of course. And it's no secret that 2012 was the first time since 1969 that All My Children wasn't on the air. And now there's Crazy. a statement from Prospect Park that production of the show will hopefully maybe resume in February, and fans are really, really excited, and they're hoping that things are going to work out this time. But let's zip back a little bit in time. And I think that the last time that you and I were really able to sit down and chat was at the final press junket that ABC had for All My Children. And at that point in time, it was... I guess Prospect Park had just sort of entered in the picture and we weren't allowed to ask you guys anything about <laughs> what Prospect Park was doing and no one really knew what was going on. Right. So what do you right. remember at that time? What do you remember the mood being? Was it uh, was there excitement? Was there Obviously there was still the, the disappointment that the shows were being canceled, but what was the mood at that time? The mood was a little, you know, there was hope. But there was sprinkled uh, skepticism, I think, amongst the cast and everybody. Nobody really knew what this was. Um, you know, I know for myself and for uh, Lindsay, who plays my sister Kara, we, you know, we, we it took us a while. Our storyline came in during the last year, and it took us a while to get our storyline going and for us to be you know kind of entwined into that whole all my children dynamic that was going on so you know and and even in that short time that I was there I really fell in love with the job and the character and, and I had some 
some issues with the story because, you know, they, and which I can understand from a writer's perspective and from a network perspective, you know, uh, the character of Zach was a, and that love story with, uh, you know, with mm-hmm. um, Kendall was a huge, strong love story. And I can understand that they wanted to, you know, bring him back. And, you know, the way that they brought these characters back was just it's so out there. Um, and that you know I mean I guess the fans were open enough to accept it because they wanted to see all these old characters come back Um, but that being said I wanted to keep pursuing the part I wanted to I wanted to see where the story had taken me for not only because I was enjoying it but I also fell in love with the work environment everybody there was just such a joy to be around it's nice going to a place where, you know, everybody wants to work hard, everybody's professional, and, you know, the, the, that whole idea of, you know, there wasn't a lot of the ego that people had to deal with. There was, from Susan on down, everybody was really cool. So I was extremely hopeful that we would keep working together and um, the show would go on. And now... Um, with everything happening, it seems like it may happen again. Well, yeah, I mean, it's been short of, uh, it was a little over a year. You figure in uh, right around Thanksgiving of 2011 was when Prospect Park announced that they were going to shelve the plans. And then a full year passed, there was nothing. And I think a lot of fans maybe just sort of were resigned to the fact that these shows, All My Children and One Life to Live, were just never going to come back. What about for you? I mean, a, a year gone and, and nothing said, there, there's no discussion. Did right. you think that was the end? You know, I didn't, I thought part of me was like, these fans are too driven for this thing to fall. I mean, a small part of me was like, man, this thing, could this thing still have legs? Because I came from another soap that was canceled. I was on Guiding right. Light. And I don't remember, again, I wasn't really involved with social media back then, and I was on, I guess, six years before it got canceled, but, you know, I don't remember there being that backlash of fans being like, you cannot do this, the show has to stick around. So whenever I would go on Facebook or Twitter, I would always see my friends and my fans pushing that, all my children want like to live, have to come back. And then, if there's something that I can take my hat off and, you know, give a, a whole lot of accolades to is that perseverance that the fans showed. And all those people that united and, and you know, uh, all these groups that formed on Facebook, um, it, it's something that uh, I, has never existed in, I think has never existed in media because of the um, outlets that the fans have from social media to um, programming that's now, you know, like Hulu, which I think is a great idea. I think, you know, pay for your service and, you know, watch it, watch what you want. I think that's mm-hmm. kind of what people want nowadays. Um, so there was always in the back of my mind, like, this could happen. But then, of course, my skeptical part was like, man, this is network television. <laughs> People like what's that is that, and you know I've been I've you know I've had my own kind of I've been through the ring on some stuff, so you know that kind of jaded skeptical side of me was like ah whatever. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned Guiding Light. I think in a weird sort of way, had Guiding Light not been canceled, 
I don't know that there would have been this outrage for All My Children, One Life to Live, because fans did try, and they sort of waged campaigns for Guiding Light, but I don't know that anyone knew that they could. And then when As the World Turns was canceled, there were people who sort of spiraled off of the the Guiding Light cancellation and became more active. So by the time that All My Children and One Life to Live were canceled, you know, there were two soaps that had recently been canceled that were sort of under their belt. And I guess two at once, you had double the fans and people sort of really amassed and said, you know what, we're not going to let this happen. Let's see what we can do. But that sort of diehard passion that fans have is, I guess, the reason I have to ask this question, because they will literally chase me out of Pine Valley and anywhere else with pitchforks if I don't ask you about this planned reboot and have you heard anything and what do you know? Because, you know, fans, they want to know everything that they possibly can, and sometimes they have to realize that not everybody has all of the answers. So I'll pose it to you. What have you heard about this? Well, don't I know? I mean, I've been approached on Twitter and, uh, you know, asked questions and... I actually wanted to save a lot of my answers to reach a lot more people on, on your show. And I have been approached and I have accepted, verbally accepted, to come back to the show. Uh, the Castillos will be back in Pine Valley. I talked to uh, Lindsay Hartley today and, you know, made sure that she was on board and she's accepted. And we want to go and, and, you know, come back to Pine Valley. And we're really really excited uh i was approached early on um i you know again the skeptical side of me was like wait 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 don't say anything but you know as seeing people uh, coming forth and saying that they're on and, and me having this, your show as a platform i really wanted to say yes i'm so excited uh i think it's i've heard that, that it's going to be kind of a different way of uh, approach to the genre, to the show, to all my children, which is exciting. It's exciting for me. It's exciting for everybody going back because it's like, okay, well, now we're going to, I think there's going to be like complete story arcs. There's going to be, from what I hear, again, I don't know all the facts, but I have been approached and uh, supposedly we're going to shoot in Connecticut late February. So I'm ready to go. Um, my wife my baby and my dog are coming with us, so we're all we're all going, and then we're ready to we're ready to rock. Well, I think that's amazing, and certainly thank you for taking the time here on Soap Central Live to let fans know that. Absolutely. And I know that they're they're absolutely over the moon, and I think that there's something that's interesting that I was thinking about while you were discussing that. You mentioned that you know you and Lindsay both came in towards the end of All My Children's Run on ABC, but the thing that was really great at least in terms of writing, was that both of your characters really had a chance to sort of intermingle with existing characters that already had huge fan bases, not just romantically, uh, you know, with, with Lindsay and, and having uh, Tad and Kara's relationship and then mixing her up with David, but Griffin had a relationship with Angie, and, and by that, you know, there's sort of all of these offshoots that, while they don't necessarily have to be romantic, they allow you to certainly play off of some amazing established performers, but they right. allow you to have that yeah. story that really matters. It's not just sort of floating off on its own. It's grounded and pulled together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I hope that everybody, uh, you know, for the most part comes back. I, you know, it would be awesome if, you know, 
Alicia came back and Susan came back and everybody, Ricky, you know, and, and we'll see. You know, early on, I know that uh, Lindsay and I have agreed. Um, I really, I, I, you know, I, I've seen, I think Darnell has agreed. I, I don't know. That's, uh, Debbie Morgan said that else. she and Darnell Debbie, were, were Debbie, both in. Yeah. Debbie's on, right, Debbie's on, which is great because I knew she was on Y&R. And uh, I didn't know what happened there. I heard, you know, maybe she was done with that, and then this came up, which is great for her. And I think this is actually close to where she lives. I think she's from from Maryland. She, yeah. So that's that's really good for, for her. Um, so yeah, man. Listen, I'm, and and I think Vincent's on on board too, that's, which is great. Said that I, as well. You know, Vincent and I, we we kind of developed like this on screen. <laughs> love hate romance you know my mentor who i couldn't stop who was bringing all these people back with all this genetic work that he was doing well we have leverage if uh you know i'm threatening to cast myself as erica kane if they don't bring the show back and do what the fans want so hopefully that threat... i mean that's not far-fetched <laughs> at all considering what they did in the last year that will Let's be the, the threat I'm that, with you. that looms over there now of course, one of the challenges I guess that's facing Prospect Park is the internet, and you know I've been running SoapCentral.com for 18 years now, so it seems wow. like an internet business for me is just sort of old hand. I mean, I've been doing it forever, so I don't really understand sort of the the nebulous feelings that some people have. But you know, in, in trying to get this done for them, it's the first time that people have really been trying to do a regularly airing program on the internet. It's, I guess you can say it's just a sort of uncharted territory because there are videos and there are programs that are on the internet, but nothing that I guess would have this sort of scope and, and regularity. And you and your business partners also are sort of venturing into that new market of, of what can we do on the internet. So I wanted to ask you a little bit about this new business of yours that you've, you've started. Well, I've always thought, first of all, it's so funny. My where we're at in Florida right now, we have basic cable, but the TV that we have is linked up to. It has all these apps on it, all these internet apps. So <laughs> you basically press a button, and your TV gets hooked up to the internet, and you get your Netflix, and you get your Hulu, and from there, it's like on demand. And I've always seen the internet as the wild west. It's hmm. like we, you know, everything and anything, instant gratification, videos, YouTube, it's yeah. crazy. So, you know, you have all these celebrities starting YouTube channels. Um, there's a whole new way of putting brands out there, you know, linking people to other people, you know, interactivity. So I was like, uh, why do we have to, you know, there's, there's, there's kind of like, which I believe is becoming old school. There's kind of like a pitch process that people have to go through. Um, but now with the advent of social media, you know, and we realize that the people who watch these shows, the soap fans, are so passionate, so much so that they were able to bring a show back that was dropped by a major network and bring it back to what seems to be back on the air whether it's the internet, I, I could really care because I think that's where all media is actually going. Hmm. Um, you'll be able to see this on your TV, on Hulu, on your iPad. I watch a lot of stuff on my iPad. Um, so it's actually 
benefiting the next generation and maybe this is what it needs to get more viewers. My partners, uh, John Homer and Jeff Dockweiler, were also, we thought, why don't we shoot something that actually doesn't cost us too much weight? Because a lot of people are like, why don't you bring back the shows? And it's like, man, do you know what heavy lifting that is to bring back? <laughs> that's, that's over a $100 million investment. That's a lot of money. I don't got that kind of cash. I don't really know a lot of people who do. But we were interested in something that had something to say, but wouldn't cost us that much and would also integrate the fans. And the one show that Jeff can elaborate on more is A Perfect Day. That's going to be um, where we bring a fan um, and their favorite. We'll start with soap stars or actors or whoever, and they get to spend a day with them. And in that day, we also get to highlight a charity that the person of, you know, celebrity status, the, 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 the actor or whoever gets to highlight and really kind of take us through what that is for their charity as well. So not only is it, like, great for the fan to hang out with them, but they're also able to show, like, what really matters in life is, is giving back, it's fulfillment, it's serving. And, uh, you know, with all these, with all the, um, the exposure and the kind of opportunities as you have when you're in the media, you're able to kind of use that. We were watching the People's Choice Awards, and I saw what Sandra Bullock was able to do yesterday. And she's like voted, you know, people's humanitarian. And I was like, and she's like, all I do is sign checks. And I was like, that's that's great. And she built up the school from the ground up after Katrina in New Orleans. And I was like, that. If, man, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm able to do that and do what I love, I can leave this earth happy. <laughs> and that's that's something that I, I really want to do. Uh, my sister-in-law, Bailey Madison, does that a lot. She's involved with a lot of charities. And, and I see what she does, and I am, like, inspired. And I think that this show, even though it's not scripted, it, but I think it gives a different feel for reality TV that I think will not only fans would want to watch, but it will also inspire them and want to do good as well. So let's talk about the name. There are a lot of discussions here about the name, Payos Revolution. And for folks who you know maybe don't want to have to do word jumbles or what have you, it's very simple. If you look backwards, the word soap is in there. Was that intentional? It had to have been. I, yes. No, absolutely. It was intentional. We were, you know, we played with so many ridiculous names. Not that, you know, I think that this name is also so, like, Pale's Palace, but it's like it sticks. People are like, whoa, okay, that kind of, so, and our whole idea, our whole uh, motto is flipping the script, Hmm. saying, you know, just like the fans did on these shows. Like, you're going to take these shows off the air? Well, you know what, we're coming back, and you're going to put them back on, and... That's really what we call flipping the script. It's like, we're not going to let people hold us down. You know, if you're not going to take us on network TV. We're going to figure out a way to do it. We want to, we have a movie that is a love story that tells the story of how these shows were taken off the air, hobbies, and how intimately these, not only the, the actors who played these characters were affected by these shows. You know, we saw a lot of people 
deeply affected who moved from New York with their families, were promised a lot of things when they came to Los Angeles, and from my perspective, weren't given a fair shot. The shows weren't given a fair shot. Um, and we want to tell that story in a, using some dramatic license and a love story, and it'll, you know, I don't have all those things, but it's, it's kind of something that I think the fans would appreciate, and that's the name of that movie is called On Air. Um, and our website, our website's going to offer a lot of things. Um, it's going to offer, I'm very interested in, you know, there's uh, social media, um, but I'm also interested in the fans engaging more with who they really like and, you know, uh, different ways of engaging, whether it's charity, charities that they want to invite, um, you know, their favorite stars to or appearances or what have you. We have a clothing brand that also is going to help us promote a lot of our uh, media as well. and. Nice. Uh, everything from sweepstakes to message boards, uh, it's going to be, you know, something, uh, and, and, and it should be uh, getting off in the next month or so. Well, that's perfect. And, you know, and from looking at the name, when you see Peos and you think about it, there could also be a little maybe unintentional commentary on there and that maybe some of the networks that have been dealing with the soaps, they've been sort of backwards in the way that they've handled the soaps over the past. There you go. Decade or go. so. Yeah, that's part of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm going Absolutely. to let you get ready to go because I know you have other things. But you know, the big story that people have seemed to be talking about for the past couple of days, <laughs> they announced that they're going to be retiring one of the pieces from the Monopoly board game. I don't know when the last time you played was. If you've ever played Monopoly, I guess everybody I actually has. I played a couple months ago. <laughs> well, so what's funny. what's your favorite token, and which one wouldn't you be so sad to see get the boot? I think the hat. <laughs> there's, a, there's a gold hat, right? There is a hat, yes. Like a top hat. Yes. Yeah, the gold top hat. I really like that. Because it's like, you know, the character with the mustache and, and the hat. <laughs> Monopoly man with the hat. I love that. Okay, well, so... Oh, they're going to retire that. Well, I don't know which one. No. So far, the, the wheelbarrow is uh, on the bottom, and that's the one that they're uh, saying is going to get get the have to hit the road. Yeah, I'm not crazy about the wheelbarrow. I like that. <laughs> It makes you think of having to do yard work or something, and that's no Yeah, fun. no, not for me. Well, Jordy, thank you so much for taking some time out to chat with me today. Thank you, Dan. Thanks so much, man. We are going to take a quick break, but we'll be back with more of Soap Central Live in just about two minutes. Stay tuned, everybody. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, soap fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. 
Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned in today with Soap Central Live starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at SoapCentral.com. Now, back to our stories. Hey, everybody. We are back here live on Soap Central Live. If you just joined us, you missed the big announcement in our last segment. Jordi Villasuso has agreed to reprise the role of Griffin Castillo on All My Children when it reboots. And he also confirmed that Lindsay Hartley will be back on board as his sister, Kara. Now, I know that soap fans love those sort of exclusives and sneak peeks. And you guys, like me, probably want to know what goes on behind the scenes. So there are certain names like Tony Geary and Deidre Hall, Susan Lucci, Eric Braden. They're names that everybody knows, but there are a myriad of other people whose names you might not know, but without them, we would not be able to see our daily soaps. So in the last half, you heard Jody talk about his new venture, Payos Revolution. We're joined now by his two partners who will tell us more about Payos and what is going to go on and what you guys can see there. So let's bring them on because they have a very unique perspective on daytime. First up, we have Jeff Dockweiler, who is the acting coach at All My Children during its final years on ABC. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot, Dan. And we also have John Homa, who for 20 years was the onset 18, acting... 18? Okay, well, yeah. we're rounding up. We'll give you we'll give you an extra two. But for 18 <laughs> years, he's the onset acting coach of General Hospital. John, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Dan, it's a pleasure. Well, you know, a lot of folks, for both of you, they, they want to know what exactly is an onset acting coach. I'm sure that a lot of folks have heard from fans or, you know, we have actors who are cast and it's their first time on a soap and they're sort of expected to jump right in and not miss a beat. So let me start off with you, John. You know, what goes on? Are, are folks who are hired new, do they get sort of special attention to, to get up to speed? With us, uh, Wendy Rich, actually, excuse me, and Mark Teschner, who I knew from New York back in my New York days, uh, 20-some years ago, uh, brought me over to General Hospital to talk to me about working with one of their actors. I was just coming off a movie called The Interview with a Vampire. I was working with Kirsten Dunst at the time. And uh, to make the transition into daytime uh, or to soap uh, was not something I was particularly interested in. Uh, I had worked on it a little bit in New York as an actor, and it's probably, no, it is, the most difficult medium an actor is going to work in. And uh, that's not just from my perspective, uh, even going back to Alec Baldwin, a conversation uh, on a movie that we worked on, because he started on The Doctors. It's brutal. It's just brutal. And the repetitive nature of it, the five-day-a-week, day by the time, uh, like a year ago, we were probably doing 176 pages a day on General Hospital. And Wendy wanted to really up the uh, standard of acting in daytime television. They brought me over to work with Kimberly McCullough. So basically what we did, Kimberly actually got in a class I was teaching, and then I would go over for what we called the big scenes. 
and work as much downstairs. I say downstairs because the way we shot it in the hospital, the stage was above the dressing rooms for all the actors. And uh, we would work, you know, as diligently as we could downstairs to prepare for what scenes were going to be shot upstairs. And then I would be upstairs. Uh, in the beginning, you know, we kind of fumbled around about it because I don't know that they had anybody like me there. And I'm and was extremely passionate about it to the point that I think I probably got in the way a lot uh, in the beginning. But uh, to then be able to facilitate what was needed from the control room director-producer to communicate to the actor as quickly as possible what needed to be done. But those guys at GH, when I first came on, were the most passionate actors. They, they so wanted it. And again, when you have you know five months or six months to do a movie, if you get that wrong, something's wrong. When you have 50 <laughs> pages, 100 pages, 120 pages a day, 40-some scenes a day, Man, if you're affected by what those actors do, those actors have to pat themselves on the back. So that's my job was to go in and facilitate exactly that that happened that had to happen then when we were shooting. And so. Jeffrey, you being at All My Children towards the end, I mean, there were a lot of things I guess that were going on behind the scenes. Are there any stories that you can share about those final months and weeks and days that maybe fans would be interested in hearing? Well, I think the thing uh, more than anything for me is just that everybody, and I think Jordy touched on it as well, is as much passion as the fans have had and you've seen since the shows were canceled uh, for the show, the same was uh, was true for everybody on that set. Everybody was fighting till the very end, including Susan and, and everybody else. Who were, I remember at the time, uh, at the very end, Susan was uh, doing a book tour. So she would come back and report to us. Everybody out there is still supporting us. We have so many fans, and and there was just there was such a, a positive uh, attitude there. And it's the thing that I loved about being around a daytime show. And with John being my business partner, I was around General Hospital uh, whenever I was around him. Uh, one of the things I used to talk about before I started with all my children is just how much of a family daytime becomes, because mm-hmm. everybody's there so much together and working hard together. And like John said, it's the most difficult medium there is. And, uh, you know, the, just the demands of shooting schedule alone and those, and the crew members who were there, you know, 6 a.m. leaving at midnight back at 6 a.m. You know, it's just, it's just those, the, the spirit of the entire group was what was most fun. Um, and, uh, and, and getting to be a part of it was really something special, especially getting to work with people like Susan and, and all of the people on, the, on, on that show. It's, it's a bunch of dedicated actors who, uh, you know, um, really, really love what they do and love their show and love the characters they've been developing and love the fans that support them. I think that that is something that fans really do need to remember, that in all of this, as much as they love the shows and the characters, everyone who is involved with those shows loves them back equally. They just don't get necessarily the opportunity to be able to say it because maybe not everybody is on on social media, and certainly (laughs) there are a lot more soap fans than there are actors on a show. But I want to find out... Okay, and one particular, uh, and this is for John, how did the three of you, the three J's here, Jeff, John, and Jordy, how did you all sort of come together and come up with this idea to start Payos Revolution? Well, again, uh, Jeff Dockweiler, my partner, one of the most brilliant guys I know, uh, we started together a long time ago, 10 years ago. He actually came in to me as a student and uh, ended up being one of the best actors in my class, but... Um, I tried to discourage the acting part 
immediately and talk about the business aspect of it and the creation of your own projects, the creation of your own product to uh, start your own production company. And we've been working diligently at that. And then with, unfortunately, the demise of uh, the two shows, uh, One Life and, and All My Children, and the others that were on the other networks, which was horrible. I mean, you're, you're taking something away from people that a lot of people, my mother and my grandmother, this is the heart of them. I mean, they, when my grandmother would talk about her stories, you know, this was part of it. And then Doc getting over on all my children, uh, getting to know Jordy really, really well, and trying to find a way when it was going down to, to keep it going. How do we keep this going? And there was a gentleman that approached us at one point talking about how do we, how do we buy the rights to the show? Can we do that? Which we looked into. And then it ended up being, it was impossible at the first, you know, point. It was probably already, the deal was probably already done with Prospect, but it was, um, you know, it's not for sale. But just somehow trying to find, come up with a, a plan, a strategy. How do we either keep this going? And then we realized, and the crazy ironic thing is, we talked about this a while ago about we need to we need to reformat. It's got to go half hour. It's got to become cost efficient because the biggest problem, at least what was being said to us, was how much money it costs to shoot. And it, and when you look across the board, I don't care what network it is, the amount of reality television that's out mm-hmm. there that can be shot at a fraction of the cost of scripted. It's, you know, how do you compete? So it's either, you know, uh, join them or, you know, try to beat them. And I think the beating part was a little bit difficult financially. So then we talked, Jordy and, uh, and Doc, and, uh, started to come up with at least a strategy. And then we realized we couldn't, you know, again, like what Jordy said before, I thought, yeah, he didn't have a hundred million dollars to buy the show. <laughs> we just tried to find a way to come up with something that would bring those people back into the fans' living rooms every day because they've been an unbelievably loyal bunch of people. Again, mm-hmm. uh, this, this is almost 20 years for me. In, in a medium that I was not excited about working in, and I'll tell you what, it, it, it probably was the best time of my life uh, You know, mm-hmm. to this point in terms of getting back something from them. And uh, I'll, I'll hand this off to Doc now uh, because you know, Doc really is... is uh, so responsible for the content and the structure of what we're trying to do. So let me just uh, let me toss this off to him. Sure. Yeah. And I and I can just expand upon. It. I was actually going to, before you. Uh, I'll give you a pat on the back as a great host because this is exactly where I was going next when you were finishing up your topic. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the family thing feeds right into it. There's there's you know the way television and film works is if you have an audience, you have a show. And the, the craziest thing about daytime television was the audience was still there, but the show was going away. And what John mentioned about cost effectiveness was the reason why. So, you know, what we wanted to do is take those people, and Jordy and I spent a lot of time, you know, uh, it, all those guys worked so hard with me. I, him and Vincent and, 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 and Alicia and, and Lindsay and so many of those guys who, you know, are veterans, always worked every day with me. And part of what we talk about is what do we do next? And, you know, the, the whole idea of flipping the script is the deal. And so what we wanted to do is, is you know, John and I have a production company. This is our second that, we, that, that we're you're running simultaneously. 
uh, with content that we're developing because we want to tell the stories we want to tell. Just like George Clooney tells the stories he wants to tell through the movies he makes. Uh, this is what we wanted to do and give the audience what they wanted. So the movie uh, on air, which I'll just touch a little bit on, uh, is, is you know still in the development process. The script is very close to being done, but movies are a long process. And uh, we wanted to tell some of those stories. You asked, you know, what would people like to know about the behind the scenes? I, I've written scenes into this script um, that will share some of that stuff, but we'll also tell a story that's interesting to watch, uh, you know, on a uh, romantic comedy level, uh, but also somewhat in a dramedy level. Uh, but in, in addition to that, we wanted something we could do on a weekly basis. And that's where Perfect Day came in. And I, I like that idea. I mean, listening to what Jordy was saying and, and what uh, John had mentioned, you know, reality television, a lot of it, let's just face it, is fake and it's crap. And right. perfect, a perfect day is something that will really give back. And it's right. not, you know, it's not convoluted. So let's talk a little bit more about that. Dan, let me jump in with one thing, if you don't sure. mind. Because before I forget, I need to get this out. One of the other things that was truly in my heart the great misunderstanding um, about actors in daytime television. There's bad actors everywhere. There's bad actors at night. There's bad actors. If you could see, look, I've coached over 25,000 auditions of stuff you'll never see because it's just not good. And it's not good in movies. It's not good, you know, nighttime. It's not good. But the big rap on a lot of actors in daytime, oh, you're a soap actor. No, mm. he's an actor. Now, if yeah, you're a crappy actor, that. you're a crappy actor. But there are such talented actors, and I'm very proud of the fact that I got a chance to work with some people that I just think are just, just I, they would excel in any medium. Steve Burton, Julie Berman. Julie Berman was in my class. Kirsten Storm was in my class when they were eight and nine years old. And wow. then I, we resurfaced at General Hospital. Then you have Burton. My God, I don't know what I wouldn't do for that guy. He would not let me leave town for five days without writing down on a pad of paper all the questions that I would ask him so he could ask those questions of himself. Maurice Bernard, Tony Geary. Uh, hopefully I'll get back on the show and I can tell you a couple more stories, but Tony broke my heart with the death of his son, Lucky, in a fire. I mean, and I'm standing on set knowing everything I'm watching is completely fake. But I'll tell you what, I almost ruined the take. Because when his sister came in and touched his shoulder after he thought his son was in the doorway, I went, <gasps> like, it was like I made a little girl noise. <laughs> and these guys are so good. They can translate. And I think a lot of guys, Jordy, the guys that, that, that Doc works with, that are all my children, I mean, you go over to Young and the Restless, you can pull extremely good talent out of any of these places, and have it translate to film, have it translate to nighttime. And you look back at Meg Ryan, Demi Moore, Alec Baldwin, who started a doctor, and a slew of others. To, to lump these guys into some you know, little cluster of, oh, soap actors, is just so unfair. Well, we only have, if, if you can believe it, we only have about maybe three or four minutes left of the show, but I'm told Sorry. that <laughs> we have, Jordy was able to call back, so let's bring Jordy into the conversation. Okay, and tell oh. me that my son Hello? is 1,144 weeks old and my daughter is 970 weeks old. Just wanted to get that in there. <laughs> hey, Jordy. Give me this kangaroo. Hey, uh, I just came on on the, the heels of what John was saying. Uh... 
What's up, guys? By the way, hey, everybody, and uh, fantastic. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with what John was saying. I mean, you know, the talent. You know, I I, I had the privilege to work with Kim Zimmer, who won like when I was on Guiding Light, who won like eight Emmys, and she's like, you know, these people could take material and just make it every pop. day, right? When they get every on, day, right when they get on set. In the now, day, if you yeah. guys want me to finish up on uh, on Perfect Day, and we have three minutes, I need at least a minute and a half of that. <laughs> go right ahead, go, go right ahead, Jeff. <laughs> go for so it, the, Jeff. The whole idea with, with with Perfect Day, which is very simple, it fits to the theme of everything we're talking about. You guys are talking about the negativity of of all those you know scandals and all that stuff you hear of celebrity and of, of reality shows that are all train wrecks. Uh, the the focus of this is to make it unique in two different ways, and that's you know it's it, to be a positive positive side of, of celebrity and what Jordy talked about and his thing about uh, Sandra Bullock and the things that you can do in that position. There's so many great things these guys do, but you know, People Magazine and TMZ and all those guys get caught up in the scandal of it all. There's, there's so many great things that you can do. And also the other end of it is just what the whole reason why we started Payos was to give back to the fans. And that's what this true, show is truly about. Is, yep. It's a chance to make the fan a star for a day and make their dream come true because without the fans, no star exists at the level that they get to. I think well, that, you know, that's important because sometimes fans, when shows are canceled, they think that they're, they're not remembered, that they, they, they don't matter, they don't count. Right. Absolutely. And that's, and that's exactly it. And I mean, look, Perfect Day and Payos won't exist without the support of the fans. And that's why we want to make sure they know that they, they count because... They are the reason why we started it, and they're the reason why we're going to continue. Well, let's so. tell them how they can find out more information and what they need to do and where they need to go. Okay. Well, what we're going to be doing is, is everything we have is going to be launching at, at, at some point soon in February. I'd like to say February 1st, but I'm not going to stick to that date just yet. But So what they can do is they can check for the launch, and we're, we have our Facebook page. They can already go visit. We have our Twitter page. It's active Hello. right now. Um, and we will be launching our website and our Kickstarter for our pilot episode of Perfect Day. will both be launched early February. And, uh, and if they just keep an eye out for that, on it, we'll have notices on our Twitter and on our Facebook as to when those things will be jumping off. And uh, we're very excited about it. If you guys have anything else to say, go ahead. Hey, all I want to say is just, Dan, thank you so, so much. I truly appreciate the ability to, you know, voice everything that we've been talking about. And I'd love to come back on if you want to have us. Hey, you know there are stories. As soon as you mentioned there are stories to be told and that you'd love to come back and do it, that was an open invitation. We're going to make that happen. Thanks, Bob. Absolutely. Cool. Well, thanks to both of you and to Jordy, who I know is probably still there in the background as well, for uh, being I, I, able to I chat. Don't with... steal, I don't want to steal any of their time. <laughs> like, Jordy kind of runs on. <laughs> now, for everybody out there, if you're listening and you missed any of the addresses or the Twitter accounts or the Facebook accounts, we are going to post them for you on our Twitter account. It's Soap Central Live. We'll also be posting them on our official show page at SoapCentral.com slash radio. While you're over there, you'll also be able to listen to any of the shows that we've done over the past four years now. You can download them for free. You can stream them. You can take them with you on your iPod or your iPad or any other device that you have. So that's a great way that you can do it. And again, it is all totally for free. So I guess I'm going to live whichever of the three of you wants the last word. You have about 30 seconds that you can give a message to all of the fans out there. Thank you. Um, go ahead, Jordy. Thank you. Uh, well, I, listen, I just, I'm feel blessed. And I have the, you know, I'm, I'm working with 
two very sincere guys who have been through it behind the scenes and have really seen what actors go through and can really, you know, empathize and understand what we go through and have a real interesting point of view. And I think that that's valuable. And I really wish and hope that the fans take to it as much as I have. Well, Jeff, Jordy, John, I want to thank you all for dropping by. I appreciate you giving us your time today. And can you send us a picture of you as Erica Kane? <laughs> We're oh, still yeah. working on that. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to talk, Dan. I know a lot about her storyline. Yeah, I'll need to enroll in some we'll class. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. We are out of time for today's show, but next week we'll be talking more about soap fans. We'll be talking about a new web series that looks at what soaps really mean to fans. And soap journalist Nelson Branco will be here talking more about what he's hearing about the relaunch of One Life to Live and All My Children. That is Friday, January 18th, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. All you'll have to do to make it to that show is steer clear of your evil twin for another seven days when we're back here live on the continuing saga of Soap Central Live. Have a great week, everybody. Join us next time for the continuing story of all your favorite soaps. Tune in next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Soap Central Live on the Voice America Variety Channel.